Hello, Big Lash Bestie. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm so happy to have you here. As you might know, I la 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 love Los Angeles, which is why I've done quite a bit of dating there. But I mean, can you really blame me? The weather's hot, the tacos are delicious, and the men, well, they're hot and delicious too. (laughs) But seriously though, it's such a fun place to visit. There's always something going on. You never know who you're going to see. And if you do it right, you almost always go home with at least one crazy story. And I live for the crazy stories. When I'm an old lady, I look forward to having purple hair, faded tattoos all over my body, and a laundry list of stories that make my grandkids think, she's gotta be making this up. (laughs) Today, I wanna tell you about a date I went on in LA that ended with one of the most awkward celebrity sightings of all time. It's a pretty good story. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Now let me start by telling you about Marcus. He was a really romantic, well put together, handsome, intelligent, and successful man. So in other words, he wasn't my type at all. (laughs) He was a personal trainer for the Lakers. He had a beautiful home, a career that he loved, and he was really easy to talk to. We matched on Tinder and since I was in Vancouver and he was in California, we did a lot of talking. Once I knew that I wanted to explore the connection that I had with him and a couple of other people I'd matched with, not going to (laughs) lie, I booked a flight to California, an Airbnb near the ocean, and it was game on. So for our first date, Marcus said he wanted to put me through a workout, of course, because he's a personal trainer. And this way I could see the gym that he owned and meet the people that he worked with. I thought that was a super sweet idea. Also, I was down because, hey... If we didn't have any chemistry, I at least still snagged a free workout with one of the Lakers trainers. (laughs) Winning, am I right? (laughs) The only tricky part is that when I work out, I train hard. And when I train hard, I get ugly. Like, so ugly. (laughs) First of all, my face turns like 50 shades of red with these weird white rings around my eyebrows. Yeah. It's super cute. Then I get hella splotchy. So I basically end up looking like a tie-dyed Fashion Nova (laughs) t-shirt. On top of that, I get sweaty. So sweaty. Cue the underboob sweat. Hell, even my knees get sweaty. And of course, there's the swass. Do you know what that is? It's short for sweaty ass. That's a term one of my friends taught me. She was my personal trainer for years and loved to point out how sweaty my ass would get. Like it was compliments to the chef for her putting me through a really hard workout. (laughs) I'm completely unashamed of all these things when I'm at the gym. In fact, I wear them like a badge of honor. I mean, it just means that I'm training hard and that's what we're there to do, right? I mean, it's not like I'm standing in the produce department of the grocery store with a sweaty ass. That would be weird. (laughs) So I don't mind being an ugly, sweaty mess at the gym. But on a first date, however, not exactly the look that I'm going for. (laughs) So on the date with Marcus, I did my very best to train hard 
and keep my cool, but it wasn't easy, especially when he wanted me to do interval training with outdoor sprints in the hot California sun. Let's say I avoided every single mirror in the place because I was sure that if I saw myself, I'd probably cry out of embarrassment. (laughs) Well, as it turns out, Love is clearly blind because as soon as I got home from the date, he was actually already texting to ask if he could take me out again the next night. Of course, I accepted. So for our second date, he said he wanted to take me somewhere really nice. Yes, daddy, that is what I came to Los Angeles for. (laughs) So I put on something cute and he picked me up and took me to this club I'd never been to called Delilah's. It was a super swanky spot in West Hollywood with 1920s decor. It had an upscale dress code. You have to be on like a list or whatever to get in on the weekends. You're not even allowed to take pictures on the inside. It's often frequented by Hollywood elite. Even Kendall Jenner had her 21st birthday there. So in other words, I did not belong. (laughs) At least I certainly didn't feel like it. The people inside all looked so perfect. And I just felt, I don't know, out of their league. Regardless, my date did a fabulous job of making me feel welcome and special and seen. And we each ordered some overpriced cocktails. I leaned in at one point and told him that I didn't think the other people there seemed like they were having very much fun. The music was super good, but they were all just sitting around scrolling on their phones. And I said, I'd rather be dancing. So he playfully started to dance with me. It was like it was just the two of us enjoying the moment. I'm pretty sure this is exactly what the inspirational wooden wood picture in my mom's living room was referring to when it said, dance like no one's watching. We were so busy enjoying each other's company when all of a sudden something from across the room caught his eye. He looked super stunned. I'm pretty sure if he still had a drink in his hand at this point, he would have dropped it. That's when he goes, oh my God, it's Dave Chappelle. And I was like, what? where? And I started to scan the room looking for him. Now, I'm not really crazy about celebrities. I don't geek out over them or anything, but I am a big fan of Dave Chappelle's and I was pretty stoked that I was partying in the kind of place that he would be at, not to mention going to be pretty excited to tell my friends when I got home that I'd seen him. That's when Marcus goes, oh, damn, that's so crazy. I was just partying with him in New York a couple of weeks ago. We happened to be at the same club two nights in a row. And I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, on the second night, I introduced myself and I offered to buy him a drink. So I'm thinking, wait a second, are these guys friends? Am I about to spend the night doing shots and listening to like, you know, hilarious conversations with one of my favorite comedians? Yes, let's freaking go. (laughs) But that's when Marcus interrupted my daydream. He put it all to a screeching halt when he goes, no, I've got serious beef with that dude. I was like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, that asshole gave his order to the bartender, thanked me for the drink and then took it and walked away. Then the bartender told me that he just put a $650 drink on my tab. Now, I've never had anyone put a ridiculously expensive drink on my tab before, but I do remember that one time I texted a bride asking her if I could pick up Starbucks for her on my way to her house. And she said, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yes, please. And then proceeded to give me the most complicated drink order I'd ever heard. I was so annoyed. Like, bro, if someone's buying you a drink, pick two modifications and be done with it. 
I should be able to remember it easily, not have to pull out my entire notepad and read off your extra hot, half calf, no foam, one pump, sugar-free vanilla, two pumps, toffee nut, grande, almond milk, latte, and a venti cup. Keep it simple. So I'm not sure that this really happened with Marcus, but if Dave Chappelle actually did this, it's a pretty big dick move and I could totally see why Marcus would be upset. So I was like, oh shit, are you serious? And Marcus goes, yeah, I told all my friends when I got home that if I ever saw that motherfucker again, I'd knock him out. He goes, I want you to come with me because I have to go talk to him. Okay, pause. (laughs) I would definitely describe myself as a ride or die. Okay, I would do anything for my friends, anything, especially when it comes to putting a stupid boy in check. This actually reminds me of a situation that I got myself into in high school. Back then, I was the only one out of my friends who had my own car. And it wasn't because I was rich or spoiled or anything like that. It's just that my parents realized that if I had wheels, then they wouldn't have to pick up groceries or drive my baby brother to soccer anymore. (laughs) I was basically their personal chauffeur. I remember the first day I got my license. It was easily the most liberating day of my life. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, I splurged by filling the tank with $20 in gas, and I remember telling my sister to make a list of all the places she wanted to go because we were going to drive all day long. I swear it was the most freedom I've ever felt in my life. (laughs) Now, looking back, I can't even believe my parents let me drive this piece of shit car because it was a death trap. The struts rattled so loud that you could barely hear the radio. There was an oil leak in the engine. So anytime the car had been running for more than 10 minutes, the engine would heat up and start to burn the oil and the whole front hood would start to smoke. So every single time I was at a red light, (laughs) the person beside me would be looking at me with their eyes bugging out of their head like, holy shit, your car is about to catch fire. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. The hood is always just smoky. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. It's good. Don't worry about me. The best part about this death trap was that the front passenger door hinge was also broken. So anytime I turned a corner, someone had to hold the door shut or it would just swing open. Once I was in my car by myself and I forgot to reach over to hold the door shut and it almost hit a dude on a bike. Anyways, where was I going with this? All right, so one night I managed to get the car to myself to go to a house party with my friend Sonia. She'd recently broken up with her boyfriend. I was heartbroken over it. She was also quite upset that he still had her CD collection. And so after a couple of drinks, she's like, I hate that guy. Will you come with me to come get my CDs back and tell him that he fucking sucks? And I was like, are you kidding me? I live for this stuff. So we hopped in my car and made the trek out to his place. We were so giddy on the drive there. Do you remember what it was like when you like knew you were doing something wrong? It was like so wild and outlandish. You just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, that was us. So we pulled up to his house. He had this huge mansion with a super fancy, beautifully manicured front yard. And she gets out and knocks on the door and waits. I could see a face peeking out an upstairs bedroom window, but nobody came to the door. So she rang the doorbell. And when she didn't get an answer, she kicked over the flower pot that was 
beside the front door and ran to my car. So we're now both laughing so hard that our tummies hurt because we were now officially vandals. So I knew we had to get out of there ASAP. I backed my car up really fast, but I'd forgotten that we had gone in on a roundabout, you know, one of those circle driveways. So when I backed up, I actually backed my car into the middle of their very beautiful lawn. Once I realized my mistake, I hit the gas really hard and my car peeled out, which sent turf flying everywhere. We were laughing the whole drive home. There was tears rolling down our cheeks. We thought it was hilarious. That is until a few hours later when we were hanging out at Tanya's place. You know, we'd finally settled down. We'd lost, you know, the crazy case of the giggles. And her phone rang. It was her ex-boyfriend. He was calling to say that someone had just vandalized his front yard, done thousands of dollars worth of damage. And his little brother saw the car drive away, but didn't see who the people were. We were shitting ourselves because... Obviously, we didn't want to get, you know, charged and we're not trying to be criminals. We're just trying to have a fun night out. But it turned out that his brother said it was a blue car and my car was beige. So thank goodness it was a dark night and the baby brother couldn't see us clearly. We got away scot-free. So that was basically a very long story to explain that I've always loved being petty, especially in the name of stupid men. I'll pretty much do anything to help my friends feel better or stand up for themselves. But in this case, I barely knew Marcus. I didn't even know whether or not he was telling the truth or maybe he'd upset Dave Chappelle and that's why he wanted to put an overpriced drink on his tab. I don't know. On top of all of that, I was a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. Plus, We're at freaking Delilah's. I'm not trying to end up on TMZ tomorrow getting put in a cop car with the man who just assaulted Dave Chappelle while screaming something about overpriced scotch. That being said, I should probably mention, hey, Dave, Mr. Chappelle, if you're listening, (laughs) I totally get that maybe Marcus was lying to me or maybe the bartender lied to him. Who knows? People can be wild sometimes. But either way, I think you're fabulous. And if you ever do find yourself single and looking for a stepmom for your kids, I make a really great grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) On top of all of this, you know, when Marcus asked me to come with him, I also didn't want to leave him high and dry because he was the first really good guy I'd gone on a date with in a minute. So I kind of felt like I had to go with him. I was just terrified as to what was going to happen. Was he really going to knock out Dave Chappelle? So I followed him through the club. It felt like a slow motion (laughs) Avengers style walk. Like (laughs) when we finally walked up to Dave, he was facing the other direction, having a conversation with someone else. So Marcus just kind of stood there patiently waiting for his opportunity to interrupt. Finally, he took his pointer finger and like thumped five times on the back of Dave Chappelle's shoulder. He's like, doom, 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 doom. He goes, hey, Mr. Chappelle. Dave turned around, saw Marcus, and you could tell that immediately he knew who he was. And it was almost like he'd just seen the ghost of Christmas past. I mean, could you imagine? He'd, he had partied with this dude in New York, like on the other side of the country two weeks ago. I'm sure he was never expecting to see him again, let alone in Los Angeles. And so soon after, his eyes almost bugged right out of his head. And he just like stood in shock and Marcus goes remember me I bought you a drink in New York and Dave Chappelle goes oh uh yeah 
hey, bro. And then just hook off running to the other side of the nightclub. Literally like the roadrunner. He was like, meep, meep. He was gone. I mean, I couldn't even see where he went. And you could tell Marcus looked so defeated. Like he still had a punch inside of him that was just waiting to get out. Thank goodness nothing really crazy happened. I definitely dodged a bullet in that moment. And I kind of razzed Marcus a little bit like what happened. I thought you were going to knock him out, but I knew that he was already kind of shook enough. So I didn't really want to rub it in that much. Well, anyways, the next day I was in the other side of Los Angeles. I went for a pedicure with one of my girlfriends who lives in LA. And after the pedicure, I was walking down the sidewalk, texting with one of my girlfriends, telling her all about the date. And I'm just looking down at my phone and walking, walking and texting. And she's like, oh, so how was Marcus? Do you like him? Do you think you're going to meet up with him again? And I'm telling her all about what happened with Dave Chappelle. And all of a sudden I bump into somebody and I look up and it's Dave Chappelle. Like, what are the chances? I bumped right into him on the totally opposite side of town. He looked at me, definitely recognized me from the night before and goes, shit, you're everywhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So he kind of stormed away, like he power walked away from me. And I took a picture of his back as he was walking away from me. And then I texted it to Marcus and I said, hey, Marcus, we've got a second shot. You want me to knock him out right now? (laughs) (laughs) So what ended up happening with Marcus and I? Well, oh, it's I don't even like saying this because it just breaks my heart. But After I left Los Angeles, a few days later, he ended up inviting me because he had floor seats to a Lakers game on either Christmas Day or Boxing Day. I can't remember which one it was, but he had floor seats and he wanted to invite me. And then he wanted me to be his plus one at the Lakers Christmas banquet after the game. It was like a date dream come true. It was literally date jackpot and I wanted to go so badly he even said he was going to pay to fly me out and everything but me and my stupid freaking pea brain oh what was I thinking I was still so super wrapped up in this one stupid ex-boyfriend of mine that I was kind of not sure if I wanted to get back together with or not we'd kind of started talking again and I thought oh if I say yes to this date because it's like Christmas then I won't be available in case this other guy wants to spend Christmas with me so I ended up turning down his date my ex stayed with the girl that he was actually dating at the time long story I'll tell it to you another time and I ended up spending Christmas all by myself like my parents had gone to Arizona because they thought I was going to be with my ex for Christmas like I was all by myself I remember ordering apples and sushi for dinner because I could share it with my French bulldog it was me and Apollo at Christmas it was my first one and only solo Christmas just for the simple fact because I was a complete moron who didn't think about myself first I was busy stressing and worrying about some undeserving dude but I missed out on my chance with Marcus because he was just super fed up with the fact that I wasn't giving him a straight answer about the date. And he just kind of realized that I was going through some shit and I wasn't ready. And I blew my shot. I really did. I blew my shot with a good guy. But, you know, we live and we learn, right? Anyways, I hope you liked my story. It had a kind of a tragic ending, but... Tell me, do you have any wild and crazy date stories? Because if you do, I would love to hear them. Please send me your dates and all the juicy details to Jaina at BigLashPodcast.com or on Instagram at Jaina Marie Makeup. 
Also, if you liked listening to this story as much as I loved telling it, could you please share it with a friend? That's really the sweetest thing you could do for me. And I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that every time you share my podcast with someone, an angel gets its wing. It's true. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. Please go out and be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass Big Lash energy everywhere you go. Until next time, bye. Would you fit me in if you can? Damn, Jaina, I know you're the one with the plan. Damn, Jaina, there's no time to waste what you make. Damn, Jaina, could you make me up right now? Damn, Jaina, would you fit me in if you can?